Hello everyone and welcome back to the Callum Sully podcast episode 2 and I have a special guest this week we're going to be talking to uh, a qualified nutritionist and nutrition tutor and author Charlotte Fisher. Charlotte has an amazing background in sports performance and sports nutrition. She has a master's degree in nutrition and she has used that to embark onto an incredible career um, and she currently coaches nutrition uh, one-to-one now as well and her book the fat loss handbook is exactly what it says on tin i will plug in the link to that in the description go and check that out and yeah it's a great conversation i um uh, i was very excited to have charlotte on the show because for those of you who know me, the one thing I'd love to talk about is nutrition, and who better to have a nutrition conversation with than a nutritionist. So, yeah, it was great, and I hope you enjoy the show. So without further ado, let's get stuck in to the episode with my guest, Charlotte Fisher. Charlotte Fisher, hello. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me. For everyone who's listening to me now, they know that like, one of my favourite things to talk about is nutrition. But I almost feel out of my depth because I- I'm normally used to talking about nutrition to-, to people being the educator. So to have someone on who is actually a, a nutritionist and a nutrition tutor, I almost feel like a fan. I'm almost like fanboying. <laughs> because. <you. laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, um, yeah, so just tell me a little bit about yourself, Charlotte. Um, so I have a little bit of my background in nutrition. I have an undergraduate degree in nutritional science. I did that in Manchester and a master's degree in sports nutrition, which I did in at Loughborough University, which anyone who knows the UK will know that if you want to do sport, Loughborough is the place to do it. Um, and yeah, I'm a performance and lifestyle nutritionist, nutrition lecturer slash tutor, and I'm also an author. Uh, random things about my <laughs> about my background um I'm a former national level diver so I did like platform and springboard diving um oh, back when I was younger and I'm also a qualified pastry chef and I worked as a worked as a pastry chef for a few years through my through my degree so that got me that paid my way through uni and also basically paid for my master's degree so that was cool so the master's degree is in nutrition right yeah yeah uh, both of them okay. are in nutrition my undergraduate's nutrition as well my masters is sports nutrition so specifically performance both of them were difficult both of them took a lot of so I think with degrees you get out as much as you put in um yeah. and I put a lot into them while I was doing my undergraduate I basically just volunteered for everything possible so I worked with um Lancashire Thunder women's cricket I worked with England touch rugby um just volunteered to help as many many people as possible and I also did a couple of bodybuilding shows during my undergrad so I added added that on as like a, a, a stressor basically um but you know you get those students that don't go to lectures and that don't contribute like I was the person that went to everything and was everywhere and went to all my tutorials and stuff like that so 
Um, and it got to the point where, so I used to get really frustrated in lectures because I'd just be sat there like, how have people not already done the prior reading and how do people not know the answer to this already? And like the lecturer, the lecturer would sit and or, like stand and ask a question and I'd be the only one that was like, I know the answer to this. And eventually my lecturer was like, Charlotte, will you stop contributing to the lectures? <laughs> and I got really annoyed because I was like, well, no one else has done the prior reading, have they? And everyone else was just like, yeah, that I used to get really annoyed because people wouldn't contribute to lectures and I was the only one that did. And then I got told off for contributing to lectures. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't work, particularly there, well with that lecturer. No, there, I mean, there's worse things to be told off for. I think I would find that quite frustrating as well, especially if I'm so passionate about, you know, what it is I'm studying. And, hmm. you know, as you know, university is not cheap. It's so, you know, when, when you're putting in all that effort and that money into something, and yeah. you know you, you you are giving it 100 percent, and then of course everyone else like you get frustrated like why are you not you know why are you wasting this opportunity oh so um, much because i was working as well so i was working like 45 to 60 hours a week around my nutrition degree to keep me <laughs> going so actually like, i managed to save quite a lot of money but yeah that's by the by but like other people had I didn't get help from my parents and I had the minimum maintenance loan because my parents have like a decent income. Um, so I, I just didn't particularly get that much financial help. So I had to do it all myself. So I think that's why I felt it more. And how did, how did it feel like, obviously I've been a chef, so not, not like anything Michelin star, but I, I have been in kitchens for quite a few years. So yeah. I do feel your pain is, I can relate there. And, and I used the same thing where, you know, I took, um, a lot of the stuff I learned through through chefing into that became my passion for nutrition and mm-hmm. then eventually into fitness. Yeah. But pastry chef, <laughs> so I struggled to see the healthiest stuff within uh, a pastry kitchen. So how how hard was that to be, you know, obviously being around uh, the sweet treats, you know, for and making them for people and then also knowing about the nutrition side of things like did you find that quite difficult at all not really actually so before I went to do my nutrition degree I didn't really know what I wanted to do because they kind of expect you to decide your entire future when you're like 15 um and you're picking your degrees and your degrees picking your a-level subjects and I didn't pick the right subjects to go do medicine so I was like well that's kind of screws that plan up and I don't really want to do a foundation year which in hindsight like would have been a great thing to do and it's not really that long but when you're like 17 the idea of doing like six years at university and two years as a junior doctor feels like a really long time didn't go a very long time yeah didn't didn't do that and I thought I don't really know what I want to do um and my head of sixth form was like well you're going to go to university I was like "Mm, I don't know if I am Pam and she was like no no like don't waste this because I was in the Ox like the Oxford Cambridge group like the students that they were trying to push towards Oxford and Cambridge but I just didn't oh, really wow. want to yeah. I didn't really want to go so I took a year out and I went to college and I baked and I'm one of those people that if you tell me that I shouldn't do something I'll be like watch me um yeah. so my head of sixth form was like that's not a viable career so I just went I was like well stuff you Pam um I'm, I'm off to college <laughs> And had a yeah, great pal. time. I had a great time baking for a year. And then as part of that bakery and patisserie course, we did a lot of food science. And I was like, oh, I really like this food science stuff. And um, then I was also really into like the health and fitness stuff. Obviously, I've been involved in sport for my entire life as well. Um, so it all just kind of naturally fell together. And I was like, nutrition. And that that was it. And I I basically applied to my nutrition degree with 
like a month before the start of the course, maybe two months before the start of the course. Like it didn't go through any of the normal channels whatsoever. You know how you apply through UCAS. I literally just rang, yeah. rang the head of the course at Manchester and was like, hi, can I have a place? And she was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that was easy because UCAS is so stressful. But anyway, back to pastry chefing. Yes. So yes, I pastry chefed and I actually found that I had a really really good relationship with food because I was surrounded by it all day so it didn't stress me out if that makes sense and um, I think it yeah, was just completely. almost like being desensitized to it so I was, I was surrounded by pudding every day and I ate so much pudding and I was yep. but I was also like wasn't bothered about it so I think loads of people have said to me they're like oh I couldn't be surrounded by chocolate all day I'd like I'd just end up eating all of it I was like no no that's you, you you can't do that because it's for other people um and you do just sort of desensitize to it and I think it's when people start going on oh, no, no I won't go anywhere near the dessert that then they start obsessing about it so much and I had the opposite of restriction I had so much of it around me I just didn't care about it anymore <laughs> um and yeah being a nutritionist it did kind of play into my mind it was like oh, I'm feeding these people things that aren't particularly nutritious but then nutrition isn't necessarily about eating as few calories as possible it's also about enjoyment and like the social side around food and eating food that tastes nice and dessert tastes nice so i really enjoyed it i mean my uh, i'd say this on so many of my videos but like i try and base my entire service um over the last few years around one word and that is balance mm -hmm. right? and yeah um I'm glad you said that because this is something that I, I've really hammered down um, to like my clients and my audience so much. It's like, you know, I've got, I've got chocolate in the cupboard. Well, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but is that allowed? Well, yeah, yeah. there's got to be some form of, of balance there. And I agree with what you said before. I wasn't just in pastry, like I, but I worked with all sort of, you know, dead creamy stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and it, so it, when you're it was exactly and you're like, oh, I know exactly what goes into this. <laughs> yeah, you know, salads and stuff. It, it was pretty, pretty deep, you know, quite high in fat stuff. And at the time, I, I, I remember it's like you used the term before, desensitized, and you really do. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I, I'd just been making stuff, and and people would say to me, oh, "But you're surrounded by food all day. You know how how do you manage to maintain your weight if you work? You know because I wasn't a person trained at anything. Time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm like chef. Don't eat. <laughs> you know, you have to taste test stuff. Yeah. That that's my that's where my calories are coming from. I'm I'm testing stuff before I put it on the plates. You know, yeah. and, and making sure that it's all good. So, completely understand uh, what you mean with that and the desensitizing. But I find that you know my experience in the kitchen did evolve for me to then think, hang on, I really not only do I enjoy making stuff, but I'm actually really fascinated about foods and and you know what they contain and you know what they should go with in combination mm -hmm. and that eventually led to me you know studying further about the nutrition yeah so I'm going to move on to your book Charles yeah. because you have a book I do um and it is called the fat loss handbook it is yes so talk me through that like is it exactly what it says on the tin it Essentially, yeah. So I came into, so I left my full-time job in, at the end of February this year, uh, moved home. And I think it was literally about two weeks later, lockdown kicked in and it was like, well, I guess I'm self-employed oh, wow. now. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I so I'm really lucky that my parents own a garden centre and while they were closed in the first lockdown we were still able to home deliver so I went and kind of worked most of the time for them and also was setting up my business on the side and in the evenings and I worked some really really ridiculously long days um and I'd years ago not years ago but yeah maybe it was years ago before I started working at my old job um which shall not be named because we don't like it um yeah uh I basically started writing and I just wrote so much and I ended up with like a billion different word documents that were all like very similar but had different things in them and they were like and then I'd started writing again and um and I'd done a lot as well when I lived in Loughborough so when I first started my full-time job with this company I started as an intern which meant I didn't get paid very much um I think I got paid something like 700 pound a month to to work full time and because of that what? i couldn't afford internet and rent it was like would you like to live in this flat or would you like to have wi-fi to browse yeah and it's like, <laughs> would you like to browse google or have a you know a roof, over, a roof your over your head and i was like well i can browse google in tesco if i need to like which is around the corner so i don't need wi-fi so i basically lived without internet for a year and it was the best thing i've ever done because i i started writing and i started creating and i started doing really productive things so this is kind of where the book was born is that I just write articles about nutrition that I never intended to publish and um, it was just for me and it was just to consolidate my own knowledge so I basically shoved all of these articles that I had into a word document and then started filtering it and editing it and that's kind of where the fat loss handbook was born so it's it's all about again that word balance and it's all about yeah. creating sustainable lifestyle habits it's not about it is split into 10 weeks of nutrition education and then there's like little tasks and reflection stuff to do and it's all about building this this sort of like bulletproof nutrition habits lifestyle type thing and it's it's yeah. it's improving your um yeah it's like a, it's a coaching program to teach you how to lose body fat and keep it off without extremes or restriction um and it, it's it takes you through the A to Z of setting up your diet for fat loss success. And I basically wrote yeah. it the way that I'd want someone to coach me through fat loss. And it's it's how I coach my clients through fat loss. And that's a good fit. That's a good way to look at it as well. Cause you know, how many, you know, coaches, whether it be in fitness or nutrition, will you know that, you know, we'll, we'll teach stuff um, either by the book, you know, the way they want it to be taught, but you know, they wouldn't necessarily like themselves to be taught that way. So I like the idea of, yeah, you know, it's everything that I'd like to be taught. I'm now teaching my clients the same. And I don't, I don't think there's enough of that. I think there's too many coaches that are just teaching by the book, yeah. but they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily, you know, take that kind of teaching or coaching themselves. And and I tend to feel like you're, you're going to coach much better if you are coaching the way that you would like to be coached. It helps yeah. if you can empathise with the people going through it as well, because this is the way that I have, I suppose, coached myself in the past. So I, I understand the thought processes. I understand, I, I find it interesting sometimes when clients all tell me something and I'm like, oh, is your brain doing this at the moment? And they're like, yeah, that's exactly the thoughts that went through my mind. And I'm like, yeah. been there, done that. Um, let's work yeah. through it. But it does help to be able to empathize. And that's a, a really good skill to have as a coach is empathy. We are in a very exceptional mm -hmm. year um so how do you think you know I, i'm still trying to get my head around it 
myself yeah. um and, and, and as are the clients that i work with and as are probably majority of people that are listening to this but this is an exceptional time you know normally you get to this time of the year anyway people's dieting habits may you know start to change normally as we approach mm-hmm. christmas people have christmas parties but obviously none of everything is changed this yeah. year so it's really hard. It's like nothing we've seen before in terms of people's habits. Like every, some people are, you know, really focusing because they haven't got, you know, they haven't got Christmas parties and stuff. So they're, they're really on the, you know, they're using this time mm-hmm. now, better nutrition during the first lockdown. And that's carried on for the year. But then there's a lot of people now that are like, I don't even know where to start. Gyms are closed. What's, what's, you know, what's even the point? So, what do you find right now with with the pandemic in terms of uh, of where people are with the diets and stuff and how they perceive nutrition? Do you feel like lockdown is having that kind of effect? And what advice would you give to people that are sort of quite confused with their, their nutrition? Right um, now? So this is one of those scenarios that I find really interesting because none of it really applies to me because I'm not a particularly like everyone's like, oh, no, lockdown. I'm like, oh, no, this is horrible. I have to stay at home and stuff and I can't be sociable oh no um so for me it's like it's really weird because I'm not in that boat at all um I'm having a great time in lockdown it's all about I did it's all about adapting (laughs) and you have to be adaptable and people get so caught up in like their well this is what I've always done now I can't do it so it's all ruined and it's like no you can you can still do things it just means that you have to adapt and do it a little bit differently but it will it will be fine um I think now's a great time to work on your nutrition. And I'm not just saying that because like I have a book <laughs> that I would like like to sell to people. I, I genuinely think it's Obviously. an amazing time to start because you're at home. So you, you're not really going out to restaurants. You can't go out to eat. You're cooking all your food at home. So now's a great time to learn how to cook for yourself, how to cook nutritious, nutritious food, how to feed yourself well. And it's su- such a stable time. Like it's very unstable in that it's very different to what we're used to but also you're you have such a stable routine and you can develop this stable routine because you're not particularly leaving and you're not really doing anything different day to day um so it gives you time to just nail down these habits you're not going away you're not going out drinking you're not going out partying it gives you a chance to work out to to get that like baseline in place almost so to change your baseline um to something that is more like you'd like it to be and more kind of conducive to those that fat loss that you want to happen so great time to get those foundation habits in place even if it's just stuff like changing up your lunch to make it a little bit more nutritious and a little bit less energy dense it's a good time to start doing that because you have like supermarkets are still open you can still get food um and then you can make it at home and you can play about and be like, oh, actually, I didn't find that particularly satisfying. I'll try something different tomorrow. So it is a good time to experiment. That's a great way of looking at it. And and I think people should be, <clears throat> I almost feel like I want to shout to the world, you know, don't waste this. I know it seems really strange because obviously, you know, what's going on in the world isn't necessarily a positive situation. But I say to a lot of people, it will be over. Yeah. And I said this at the end of the first lockdown, because obviously that was a, long, a longer time for, you know, for people than it mm-hmm. is now. And a lot of people were discovering things. They were like getting, you know, tra- making meals that they'd never had before. I put, I was personally like expanding my my palate a little bit yeah. more, you know, and trying different things. So, but I think 
as we've come to this time round, I know a lot of people are fed yeah. up, um, but I think you're so right. Baseline is just, what a what a word because it's like I, I I did a live video not that long ago uh, last week, and I was talking about morning routines and and using this time now. I think a lot of people are sort of just sort of. Um, going back and forth waiting for this to all be over and and i almost want to turn it around and go yeah but look you can use this time to completely reset yeah. your habits and, and you know embed new habits now so that when life does start to open back up they'll stay with you and and that will lead to you know healthier changes down the road and it's the same as what we have every year i, I say the same thing um you know on my pages every year when we get to this time of year and, and i always call it operation damage control there you go so basically i always bring on this campaign this time of year where it's like don't wait for january uh, you know putting lockdown out of the situation most people get to christmas around this time of year and obviously we know the the, the, the foods that are coming out we, we know the mold line comes out and, and that's absolutely fine but so many people are guilty of then going oh you know i'll just start mm-hmm. in january and it's like, no, use this time now, not to lose weight. And I, and I actively tell people to do that. You know, don't focus on trying to lose weight right now because it's probably not going to be very, you're probably going to have a miserable Christmas. Don't try too hard for that. But what I do say to people is just use this time for damage control. You know, be mindful of what you're eating. Don't necessarily actively try and diet but then don't just go oh well i'll leave it till january anyway so i always tend to bring that campaign on this time of the year every year to sort of say look this is all you need to do just you know don't go into january being a stone heavier and then you've got more to you've got more to work off that normally happens anyway i normally actively try and promote that it's like just use this month as damage control just be mindful of of what you're doing don't just let yourself go and hope that January is going to be your saving grace because what you can do is head into the gym in January and you know you haven't gained anything and now you're you know you're one step ahead of people obviously I own a gym so I I get it all the time I'm just going to leave it for Christmas and I'll be back in January that's Mm -hmm. absolutely fine but from from a health perspective I probably wouldn't recommend doing that I don't see any reason why people can't exercise now. And people go, oh, but the gyms are shut. And it's like, yeah, have you been outside recently? Um, you, you know, you can, you can leave the house and you can, like Bojo has said that we can have as much outdoor exercise as you want. Go jogging, get that rusty bike out of the shed. Give it to some man who knows how to fix bikes for like 50 quid. And there you've got an exercise tool. Um, you can you can go outside fun fact i cancelled my gym membership like months before lockdown 2.0 kicked in because i went back and i was like this is awful um so i haven't been to the gym for literally months and i haven't consistently been to the gym for like two years now um and i'm i'm doing quite well so it's fine and you can you don't have to go into january a stone heavier and i never quite understand this like christmas is one day maybe two days if you extend it out to Boxing Day, maybe like three days yeah. if you extend it out to like Christmas Eve as well. Um, but I don't see any reason why you have to let everything go over Christmas just because it's Christmas, like it's one day. You you can you can exactly. have a, a decent meal, then you just go back to normal or you just eat normally like a normal person. And you don't have to go mental over Christmas. And this is what 
gets me about people and they're like oh no no but it's Christmas so have some chocolate raisins I'm like but I don't want chocolate raisins I'm like no but it's Christmas that's not very Christmassy and it's like no I, I just don't want the chocolate raisins and just you don't have to eat things just because it's Christmas I think is what I'm trying to get at my wife will come in with with mince pies I'm like really why we, we we I don't we, yeah I don't want them we don't normally eat them. Yeah, it's Christmas replace <laughs> your normal like, pudding with so, with more Christmassy puddings and that's that's absolutely fine yes. but you don't have to have extra just because it's Christmas especially if you're not hungry so this is a great time to listen to, to just to learn how to listen to your hunger and fullness signals because I know that a lot of people ignore those over Christmas and they're like oh I'm stuffed but go on then it's like well you don't you yeah. don't have to if you don't want to <laughs> and you probably won't enjoy it as much if you're overeating on purpose just because it's Christmas so it's it's just embedded mm-hmm. isn't it? it's the same as i tell people it's like why do you know why people overeat the amount of calories that they need at that time when they're eating meals and i'm probably guilty of this myself and it stems from yeah. like childhood so you know when we were all younger obviously like our parents or grandparents said until you're not you to finished. leave that table yeah. until you finished your plate well that i mean that sticks you know that that sticks so that i now fast forward now and the same thing will happen. I'll have, you know, especially mm-hmm. with like Sunday dinners and I'll, and I'll see it. I'm like, there is n- absolutely no need for that amount of calories to enter my body. But I'm going to because right now. it's now on my plate. But I'm, but I'm going to because it's now on my plate and I'll be damned if I if I leave that plate half, you know, with anything left on it. It's a learned behaviour. And I think that's what we're saying about Christmas. It's like, well, I, I'm not, well, why don't you just replace some of the stuff that you would normally have with, you know the stuff that you want to have at christmas yeah. a great tip for those well, i have to finish my plate people is to use a smaller plate and it sounds so simple and it is but if it's it, like it, if it works it's not a stupid idea because if you 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 perceive Absolutely. that to be a full plate of food regardless how big the plate is and because it's a full plate of food you perceive it to be filling so you will probably get as much fullness from that smaller plate of food as you will from that bigger plate of food simply because the plate is full but you get obviously less food with the smaller plate. So yeah, I mean, it's also as you know, there's a lot of psychology so to to eating as well, and I think people, it's not just literally. So many people get confused and think that you know, particularly like what I do, it's like it's all about telling people to eat chicken and broccoli mm-hmm. six days a week and, and and go to the gym six times a week, and it's like that's so not what what it is you know and it it really doesn't have to be that depressing either you know it it is just about balance and um you were talking before about obviously you cancelled gym membership and you started running well not started running. running. You've, you've done a lot you've done a, you've done a lot of running and you've got your bike out but talking about mm-hmm. the running side um a lot of people have started doing that. I've noticed that obviously since lockdown. Um, and as you say, Bojo would say, get out, get out. So people have started going out and running. And, and that's kind of people are discovering running yeah. for, for the first time like of their entire lives right now. It's, it's, it's mental how many people were out and about during lockdown to get their exercise. It's like, what was you doing? Yeah, before? I do wonder that. <laughs> you know, so uh, everyone suddenly discovered exercise for the first time. So what we want to talk about now is, is, what your suggestions are with nutrition for running a lot of the time people will um, just assume that they want to run because say they want to lose weight but then they're also going to be in a calorie deficit when they're trying to run and that's 
obviously not the best idea because people don't understand that they need energy. So what would you suggest you be around running? I know you have a lot of history in that. So, uh, you know, people are starting to do their running right now and, and they need the right nutrition. Yeah. What would you suggest? So just to kind of tell your audience why I'm a decent authority to talk about running. Um, I, I got into running in to about 2011 when I was 14 or 15 and I did a week of work experience with the army so you know when you do like your year 10 or 11 work experience or whatever it is I ended up my placement fell through at the last yeah. minute and they went oh well we have spaces on the army residential and I was like eh, it'll be fun why not and it was amazing um and I I won all the strength tests like be, I think there was like 20 of us um including like half the rugby team and I beat them all on, I beat them all on the press-ups and sit-ups wow. tests and to the point where they made me redo them because they thought my partner had like miscounted um because like let's be honest some of the boys weren't particularly bright and I and then I, I beat the score that I just got and they were like oh but I didn't win the run and I didn't like it so you have to do like a mile and a half run as a fitness test and I was like well I didn't beat any like everyone on the run so now I need to get better at it so I just started running around in circles on my parents garden center with my dogs and it kind of gradually escalated to the point where next month I'm doing a 50 kilometer ultra marathon. <laughs> so I've been I've been running a lot, wow. but then that's taken me the best part of 10 years to get to that point. So just to help people avoid the mistakes that I definitely made, you don't need to eat back the calories from your half hour run. And as the only time I think that you need to start looking at eating back the calories that you burnt is when you start going kind of over the 60 minute mark and that then probably you don't want to eat back all of them you just want to eat back some and also this idea of like eating back the calories after the exercise it's like no no eat additional before the exercise and fuel that exercise but you can fuel going out for a jog really well on your habitual diet as long as you're not avoiding carbohydrate if you're one of those people that's like no no low carbs and you're probably going to have an awful time running if that's what you're going to try and do. So my advice would be to focus your to focus a proportion of your ener the energy that you eat during the day before your run. And that will give you the energy to run. And then you can spend the rest of the day focusing on being in a calorie deficit and you don't have to worry about it. Um, you don't have to worry about replenishing glycogen afterwards, which is like the carbohydrate stores in your muscles, because unless you're running for like, 90 minutes plus you're not going to deplete those stores of carbohydrates so you, you have to do quite a bit of work to almost like I don't want to say to deserve extra food but you have to do a lot of work to to merit needing to eat more um because when say you go out for a 20 minute run and you burn 200 calories doing that you are probably going to compensate later on in the day by moving around 200 calories less so it all tends to balance out. Um, so if you're going to run for weight management, you do kind of need to be aware that you're probably going to compensate for that energy later on in the day. And it also might make you really hungry. So some people actually gain weight when they start running. So you might you you sometimes see people who have appetite increases that go above and beyond that the energy that they used during that run. So when I say that, I mean you might burn 200 calories when you go running but your appetite might increase by 350 calories and um, so you get excessively yeah, hungry and then because you're excessively hungry you end up eating more than you actually burnt in the fir first place which then puts you into an energy surplus so which is kind of it defeats the object 
so I I do genuinely think don't use running for weight loss I think if you're going to use exercise as a weight loss tool keep it really really low uh low impact um low intensity and go for a hike <laughs> it's it's way way better you can burn a lot more calories because you can do it for longer um unless you're going to be going out for like a couple of hours run at a time which yeah most people who are starting running aren't going to be doing that i, I hope that answered the question there's so much you can go no, into no with running the same thing is why if i'm uh, helping a client with my fitness pal one of the first things i'll tell them to do is like oh, disconnect so it from fitbit many different apps try to do it using sort of your heart rate but it's like realistically it, it depends how much energy you already have so you and i could probably go out for a run together and i would probably burn dramatically fewer calories than you because i'm much better at running than i'm just assuming i'm better at running than you are that i'm yeah i'm so much I, i'm you're, you're i'm way more efficient at running <laughs> so i know how to do it without using as much energy whereas you would probably like waste more energy in inverted commas my my running consists of a morning run, uh, a, a a big a big run. You know, my block's not small, but a big run around my block in the morning is a part of like my morning routine, and that's where the extent stops. <laughs> I've I've gone and done many many runs. I've done charity runs. I've done obstacle runs, which have always been fun. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's for me. Uh, it's like I like it, but it's not my preference. Yeah. I prefer cycling actually. I, I like. I love going on my bike. Um, I, that's my choice of cardio, I, I would say. But the same thing applies. You know, it's it's about energy efficiency, and um, yeah, no, I'm certainly not offended by that. That's that's probably why I run out of energy pretty quickly when I when I go for yeah. run. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just like things like technique now. and efficiency are things that will impact how many calories you burn. And also, they use formulas to work that out. It's not like they're directly monitoring energy expenditure. They're basing it on probably this formula called like METS which is metabolic equivalence which is where they like take the intensity that you're working at which they'll kind of gauge from your heart rate and then um and the speed that you're doing and then they'll multiply it by like a factor and it is it's it's all based on equations and formulas so it's it's not 100% accurate and you'll never manage to accurately monitor your energy expenditure unless you're literally sat in a lab in a special chamber all day and which kind of defeats the object because then you can't go for a run so yeah. So one thing else I wanted to talk about, Charlotte, is, uh, you know, a, a massive percentage of my audience mm-hmm. um, is women and an um, even bigger amount of the percentage of all the all the, the clients I've worked with, hundreds of them over the last few years, have majority been women. And, and one of the things that stood out about you is that you I are uh, like an an a feminist. feminist. So. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that and, and, and why, you know, why that's so important to you. And more so in, in relation to what we're talking about today in, in the fitness industry. I think feminism obviously goes back a long way. I say I think like it does go back a long way. Um, back to the point where we were supposedly burning our bras, although not that many women actually did that. But back to the point where women weren't getting paid as much. I think in the States there's still a massive pay gap, a gender pay gap. It's way better over here now. Um, but even I know when I started in my kitchen job, I asked what my salary was going to be and they're like, oh, this and then paid me dramatically lower than that. And if I hadn't been a strong, independent woman who didn't need no man, um, I'd probably have just accepted that and gone, oh, well, it's because I'm inexperienced. So I was like, hang on, I'm running this fucking kitchen quite a lot of the time. I'm sorry, I just swore. Am I allowed to swear? It's explicit. Don't worry about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> running this shit. damn kitchen. Um, 
so much and you're paying me 6.50 an hour which is minimum wage um I don't think so and I basically got back paid um up to like a wage that was suitable for my position not just for my age and gender um and that was a really good paycheck month and um and and yeah like I noticed it happening and there's a lot of like well I grew up in very male dominated environments. So like in sport and even diving was quite male dominated. And then in kitchens, I was frequently, I think both kitchens worked in, I was the only very female who worked there or I was the only one who'd spent any length of time there. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that a lot of the men in there just treated me like, uh, so most of them, the younger generation of the males treated me like just like one of them but then there was always a few of the older ones who would be like weird yes. with me and I remember we had one I think he was yeah. was he Romanian or was he Czech he was one of the two he was like Eastern European um and we yeah. decided to tell him one day just to like mess with him a little bit because our our sous chef left and a sous chef is like the second chef in the kitchen so just to kind of mess with him because he was like oh well, obviously I'll be the next person in line to be sous chef and the head chef was like no 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 Charlotte's going to be sous chef um and I was 20 at the time so I was like this really small I think I weighed like 50 kilos at the time so I was like this tiny little girl um and he went mental and I think that was the moment that I realized that I was a feminist um he went mentally he's like she can't be the sous chef she's a girl and it wasn't anything to do with the fact that I was young that I was probably less experienced than him it was like she's a girl and he hammered in on that and I didn't like that and I was like hang on <laughs> sit down um he didn't last very long after that I think it's because there's so much of this thing of like women are just there to be pretty and a lot of the time you'll you'll see yeah. even in I see even in fitness advertising like men doing really heavy squats and quite big physical feats and then the women are there on the floor like doing crunches or doing like weird bicycle toe tap thingies like some obscure ab exercise or like abandoned yeah. glute something um and it's like you know yeah. women can can perform as well um and some some brands yeah. are getting way better at this like nike and um adidas are very good at this at like showing women actually doing sport um but a lot of like i don't want to name brands that i don't particularly like for it but a lot of the um yeah other fitnessy brands have like lots of like pretty women doing pretty things and it frustrates me and then there's also this thing of in the in the fitness industry women just kind of being abused and manipulated and not being given voices or being told that they're emotional or hormonal or psychopaths um because they have opinions and that yeah like it frustrates me and there are certain experiences that I've had within this industry um which make me realize that women need to be heard more and people need to believe women and people just need to stop treating women like shit to be honest and treating them like like sex objects rather than like um like rather than like human beings and like being people that are good at their jobs so I I did an Instagram post on it recently it was like women just deserve to feel safe when they go to work and not even like to feel safe we deserve to be safe as well I'll have a lot of listeners now that will be jumping yeah. up and give, giving you a raise of applause. Uh, <laughs> I think for me, it's like the, the irony of it is that feminism, it shouldn't even be a thing because it should just be 
it should just yeah. be equality all around anyway yeah. so the fact that do you get what i mean by that it's like but we do need it and that's the sad reality but it's also very good you know it's very passionate i i, I for me i'm just an avid supporter of it and and i think for me it's like i i woke up one morning and it was a couple of weeks ago and it really stuck with me and i had uh, i was running an ad campaign on facebook and it was targeting uh, i had to demo but listen i had a, I had it targeting to men i had a target to women women as well um but it was you know it, i think it did state on my page you know mm-hmm. that i do help women regain the confidence that is what i do it's not me targeting them that's just what i do um and in, listen in our industry it is a, it's, it's usually because we you know particularly as a personal trainer i mm-hmm. help people for a living or at least i like to think so so it's not i've worked in hospitality and as you know we've worked in kitchens so we know how complaints are yeah. in those kind of industries but in the fitness industry you don't tend to get much negativity um or in a way of trolls because it's such a positive um career and you you have such an impact and i woke up one morning and i had a message uh, it was a comment and it was basically saying um you only work with women isn't that sexist i don't think i trust a pt that only works for women now that stuck with me all day all day and i'm thinking you have no idea about me you know have no idea that i i live at home with you know my my beautiful wife my teenage daughter and even my cat is a female like and and you don't know that i was raised by a single mom you know you you have no idea that it's it's I, i didn't know where she was going with it but it kind of for me it's like no i've just grown up to respect women so i think that when i first started this that's yeah. just who i who gravitated to me so that just became who yeah. i worked with then for the next four to five years it's like and me I working with performance athletes it's like people thing, could, could look know? at that and be like oh so you're fattest it's like no no i wrote a book for people that want to lose weight but like i work one-to-one with performance athletes and people who are in high performance environments and it doesn't make me like anti anti-fat people it just makes me good at working with performance athletes so that's what i choose to do yeah it's like you're not allowed to have a demographic or, or a niche or something that you you um mm-hmm. you know specialize in you need to work with everyone fairly and it's like whilst there is an agreement that everyone should be equal there's also a sense of yeah but if you enjoy working with a certain um you know certain demographic yeah. or certain um industry or, or people with certain goals and you know you the, I, I say to people that, that i'm not leaving anybody out because i i know that many other I successful coaches <laughs> that are fantastic i could refer yeah i could pass them on so i'm not leaving anybody out we're not leaving you out there are coaches yeah. around for literally everybody and every demographic like i know coaches that specialize in like lgbtq plus um training and nutrition and it's not the fact that like nutrition training for that demographic is any different but it's just the fact that that person then understands that market more and i'm i'm just because i don't advertise the fact that i work with like the gay community it doesn't like i'm not anti-gay i'm i just i don't understand the challenges as well as like this other coach so if someone came to me and was like oh and i have all these like gender issues and stuff like that i'd be like oh i know someone who'd be great to work with you and i'd pass them on yeah 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I could say the same about mental health as well. So, you know, if I had someone who was really struggling with mental health, um, for for me, I would I have specialised in that. So that would be, but, you know, that could be a sense with a lot of trainers uh, are guilty uh, of trying to work yeah. with everyone. They want to be the sort of jack of all trades, you would say. So so they'll literally, I once was in a gym, uh, on a, walking on a gym floor in the early days, and I once had... Um, a lad asked a personal trainer, a guy asked a personal trainer, what is creatine? And the response was, oh. it is a testosterone. And I couldn't believe what I just heard. But the fact of the matter is, this is someone who hasn't bothered to you know, research. This is someone who's just gone, I'm just going to train with everyone and, and I'm just going to give random answers to everyone. And it's quite it's quite sad in that sense. So I, it, sometimes I don't think there's anything wrong with with you know specializing in a certain niche and as i say for me people who are listening to this podcast are going to be mm-hmm. mainly women and and I, i'd love that i love you know what you stand for because i, I think it's fantastic you know my i i respect my wife so much she does rule my house and and i'm completely okay with that because <laughs> she could do yeah. a better job of it than me female clients that i i will work with uh, in, in one-to-one coaching and i'll get them doing squats and deadlifts mm-hmm. and they're like wow you know i love this stuff i i never done this before well, it was like because you were just conditioned to believe that you just needed to do crunches and female you know, exercises and, and, you know do squats and stuff yeah yeah you know you've had a, a mm-hmm. very impressive uh, career already and you know you've not only just in your professional life but also you know in your physical life hobbies as well and, and all the all the you know the competitions you've done and you know you've done bodybuilding you've done running you've done yeah um if you don't like triathlon yeah exactly you do nothing comes easy and people kind of look at where I am now and they're like oh my god like you're you're 25 and you're doing all this like you obviously just got lucky um blah 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 and it's taken me six years in the nutrition industry to get to this point so it's been it's been a lot more than luck and there's been a lot of hard work um I was working as I said earlier like 60 plus hours a week in the kitchen to fund my degree to fund saving for my master's degree so I could pay for that um doing work events I remember when I once worked six weekends in a row um for this company and ended up in hospital last year because I was just burnt out and like got a massive infection I couldn't fight off because I was so run down um so it does take don't maybe don't take push it that far but it takes hard work and you have to you have to graft a little bit and even the other the other day I was sat on my laptop at half six in the morning doing check-ins because I was like I have so much to do um then take all the opportunities you get but don't be taken advantage of so I know that I've definitely been taken advantage of because I was young and eager to learn and I wanted experience like taking unpaid internships for example is that I had a master's degree and had to take an unpaid internship to get a foot in the door um and if I'd been in like had the the extra couple of years of life experience that I had now I'd have actually said like no I don't think that's fair um so take the opportunities you get so I got the opportunity to work in professional football so I took the opportunity um working with sports teams and things like that and that was all done mostly for free or for just expenses um and you do sometimes have to do stuff like that to to gain that experience um and yeah, and then I suppose the third thing is know when to man up, um, but then also know when to take your foot off the gas and be okay with whatever decision you make in that situation. So I'd, 
I'll just liken this to like going out for a run. There's usually that point when you go out for a run where you're like, I could stop now, like I'm a bit tired. And it's knowing, it's making that decision in that moment as to whether you man up and keep going. Uh, maybe man up's the wrong word, like harden up. Like, I'm a feminist who's using like man up. Um, harden oh, oh. up. Uh, something that my boyfriend once said to me while we were running is that I was like, James, everything hurts. And he was like, like injury hurts or like breathing hurts. And I was like, breathing hurts. And he was like, can you harden the fuck up for another 10 minutes? And I was like, fine and then we kept going and ended up having another 10 minutes of really good run but it was that was the turning point where I could have either hardened up or taken yeah. my foot off the gas and either way I would have had to have been okay with that decision but I think it is making decisions and accepting the decision that you make um, and knowing sometimes that maybe it wasn't the right decision but it's this decision that you made at the time and it's fine and you can always change things so yeah like work hard um like work hard but play hard as well take opportunities that come your way don't try and plan too far ahead because things will always come up and you'll have to, you can just deal with them. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. You can change your plans, but don't get so set in your plans that you can't change them. Um, and yeah, then know when to harden up. That for me means so much. It's like, don't plan ahead. Don't just plan to be cut. Like things will get in the way. A pandemic might hit, you know, which people may have thought were never going to happen, you know, this time last year but it has and it's changed the world and it's like you mm -hmm. always have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and and and, and accepting that things are going to change and and you know not just you know and, and it ties into what you said before don't just when you hit a run it's like oh no that's it you know my heart's racing too much i, I think i've had enough now i would just i just want to be comfortable a good level of uncomfortable and a you, you please stop you might actually die level of uncomfortable and learning to recognize the difference between those two <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's certainly not just yeah i just want to be uncomfortable all the time yeah. that's probably not going to be the best idea you know if, you, if you're uh, if you're needing an ambulance yeah. at the end of your run you've probably pushed too far so you've got uh the one book out which i am going to plug in uh the information so uh yeah. other listeners can go and check that out i do strongly recommend it so the first one was fat loss the second one's going back towards my kind of bread and butter which is performance nutrition so it's probably going to be I started trying to do it for just like all of performance nutrition and then I realized that I don't think I can I like I need to niche it down a little bit so it's going to be endurance performance nutrition because that's kind of like my forte it's the thing that I'm very good at um it's the kind of clients that I really enjoy working with so I'm gonna write a book on it so that it'll take a while it's not going to be out like next week it's gonna um it's gonna take me a good few months it took me about six to nine months to write the first one so I'm I'm kind of assuming by like the middle of next year I should have that out but in the meantime I'm also going to be working on some other stuff some resources to help practitioners and I also coach one-to-one -one as well um yeah like fat loss coaching I tend to steer people towards the fat loss handbook unless they have very specific needs um that kind of can't be covered by the advice in there uh so yeah that's kind of that's kind of me is like writing books writing resources coaching people um trying to do good things in the industry you certainly need more of that in in the in a, in a very yeah. a very flooded industry with a lot of misinformation yeah. and, and a lot of uh, terrible ethics which winds me up it makes my personal goal um you know there's there's always going to be times where i've i thought man i i'm in i'm in over my head like the, the you know I, I could easily leave this career but i never will 
because of stuff like that. I feel it's almost like a superhero mentality. Like as long as that misinformation is out there, I must carry on. Cost is such a a barrier to a lot of people, and then the the like less good personal trainers, let's say, or nutritionists, tends to be the ones that charge a bit less. Um, so people will go towards them and then be given some terrible advice. And I'm sure that a lot of the time, these personal trainers or coaches or nutritionists don't mean to be giving out terrible advice. Like they think they're doing quite well. They've just, they just don't know that what they're telling people is actually wrong. Um, and I've seen examples of it recently where people have asked me to look over their work and I'm like, oh, you don't give this to clients, do you? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, you need to change this, this and all of this. Um, just just I'm going to highlight the bit that you need to change and then just <laughs> oh, highlight the entire thing. Coaches don't realize that what they're telling people is bullshit. Um, so they think they're doing they're doing good things. Yeah. And some of the things that they tell people might actually get them fast lot fat loss results, but not because of like the thing that they actually told them, like something that it causes yeah. them to do. Like if they go, oh, you have to go keto. It just means that they accidentally cut out a load of calories. Yeah. Um and then end up in an energy deficit, sort of by accident. And it's not because of the keto, it's because of the energy deficit. So, yeah. Yeah, you've, re- you've reinvented the wheel suddenly. I, 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 you know, there's, there's eight, eight and a half billion people um, in the world. And for some reason, I've just managed to change my yeah. physiology to yeah, do something like different that no people, one else can like, do. It's like the eat fat to burn fat thing. And you'll have heard of this being banded around a lot. It's like, oh, I'm now a fat burning machine. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're burning the fat that you are putting into your body because there's no carbohydrate to burn (laughs) we're gonna burn cardboard and we're gonna burn wood oh but you haven't put any wood on there yeah look now it's exclusively burning cardboard i invented this special fire that burns cardboard it's like no no no, but you didn't put any wood on it (laughs) yes but it's burning cardboard yes because you get it's burning what you gave it um um yeah it just it infuriates me in case you can't tell (laughs) I've definitely calmed down uh, a bit. Some, some of my my people, some of the listeners that know me now will be chuckling because I have yeah. calmed down quite a bit from going at certain diet companies, which I'm not going to say. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Okay, it, go and have a look at it after this after this show. Uh, basically, it's weight loss toothpaste. Don't ask me how it works. I didn't even bother to find out, but it's a true. It's an actual product. So a client brought it to my attention. And I, Okay, so loving the bit, loving the sass there, the banter. That's great. Um, so one thing um, I'm going to ask now is, you know, obviously for people who just listened to, you know, everything you've just said, which is all fantastic. Where can people find you? Like, what, what can if people want to know? Like, oh, I just want to know more about about Charlotte now. And where will they Instagram, find you? So I'm at charlotte.f.nutrition. Um, I probably should come up with something catchier, but I'm not going to. And or you can have a look on my website. It's a very self-made website, so be nice to me about it. Um, and that is www.charlotte. Uh, not that. Not, I'm going to start again. www.cf-nutrition.co.uk, and that's where you can find out a little bit more about kind of the services that I offer. And it's also where you can get the Fat Loss Handbook if you are wanting a copy. And you can also sign up to one-to-one online coaching there as well. Okay. Well. It's been fantastic having you on the show, Charlotte. Thank you for coming on and having such a fantastic conversation. I was just 
mesmerized by a lot of it i love nutrition i i looked at my timer then and thought it's an hour which is what i was making my show and i'm thinking i, I could easily especially we'll when we got onto the slow pace well, we'll i could go on another hour but i better six. not <laughs> absolutely we certainly have to come on it on, on on the podcast again um and i hope i do hope to speak to you again soon i'm going to put in the links to your website to your Instagram and of course where to find the awesome. fat loss handbook in the description yeah. of this episode um so people will hopefully go straight to you and yeah have the best day Charlotte and thank you for coming on I hope to speak to you again soon